0: Now, today, our message, I hope, will not just be for mothers, but also, I hope, for all of us today. First, I chose this story, and I have chosen this story of Mary, because I find Mary one extraordinary woman, and she's not just an extraordinary mother. The Bible says she's blessed among women. She was said to be so blessed one, particularly because of the role she would need to uh, portray or for the role that she is ordained to do in the fulfillment of the greatest prophecy, and her role to carry her Savior and to be His earthly mother. So today I would like us to look into the life of this remarkable woman of faith, this mother, And we know that we often associate this story to Christmas, but I think this story also of Mary is very apt in our situation today, in our difficult uh, moments, or even in our trying times, such as uh, what we are experiencing right now. So don't ever think that the birth of Jesus or the story of the Annunciation is for Christmas story alone. I believe it has significance, especially in the midst of our peculiar situations. Now by reading Mary's story, I hope that we could learn how God used her as a human being and how she reacted, how she responded, and how she realized her call in her life and how she would later on be rewarded. And revisiting her life, I believe, would make us also understand our own personal tragedies, how our lives are woven by God, and see how the sovereign hand of God moves mightily in our situations. This is also to see how beautiful God's plans are. So, today I would like to invite you to look into Mary, her reaction her response, her realization, and later, her reward. So, at this juncture, may I invite everyone to read with me the text for today, and we can find the text uh, from the first chapter of the book of Luke. That's Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38, and I will be reading from the ESV version. Let us read. The reading of his word. Let us pray. Father, we come to you today asking that you will open our hearts and our minds as we study your word. Reveal yourself to us, O God, and may we see the beauty of your word and may we see the gospel story in this passage. We worship you today, O Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Before I start, let me just emphasize that God is sovereign and deliberate in the life of Mary because it was already prophesied in the scriptures that a virgin shall conceive. In fact, the text says here that as the angel revealed that he will be called the Son of God. He will be on the throne of his father David and he will reign in the house of Jacob forever. These are prophecies that needs that need to be fulfilled. So here in the story of the annunciation we see how God moved emperors and empire for this prophecy to happen. We learn that the emperor of Rome ordered that all of the people in the empire would need to go and return to their places of origin, so a census could be taken from them. And so this order of an emperor sovereignly decreed by God so that Jesus could be born in the city of David. So God sovereignly decreed that Jesus would have to be born in Bethlehem, and emperors, kings and queens are subject to this divine sovereign will of God. They couldn't resist this sovereign will of God. This has already been prophesied, and this was God's sovereign act. So, by some sort of decree, it was fulfilled now by Mary and Joseph. They would have to be in Bethlehem, and we know the story. But let us just rewind a bit. But prior to, prior to this, Joseph and Mary, as you know, were betrothed with one another, with each other, and they had to be married. But Mary, at the turn of events, was found to be expecting, and would be found to be expecting, not by human means, but by the Holy Spirit. Now, if you ask me, this is a great evidence of God's sovereignty. Now, we need to understand God's sovereignty in the life of Mary and Joseph, Because I think that is our common misunderstanding. Now, our understanding of this attribute of God called sovereignty is limited because we place so much premium on our free will. So, we could either look God or God's sovereignty with such contempt that we view God as the greatest intruder of all our cherished liberty and freedom and turning us into automatons or robots. Or we could view God's sovereignty with such delight and happiness that all our bad decisions or all our poor choices could not frustrate His perfect and goodwill for us. So you have a choice. Either you view God with contempt or you view God's sovereignty with delight. Now, but if you ask me what happened to Mary and Joseph, if you ask me, this is, in a way, a form of tragedy. So it is like when tragedy strikes. It is already difficult for people to go back to their hometowns, considering that there would be no buses, no planes, there there would be no modern transport to bring them from one place to another. Considering that it's not really very far, perhaps from Nazareth, to Bethlehem would take them um, around um, two hours if there's a car. But in this instance, they have to go by foot. So a 120-kilometer ride will be perhaps two, three days, four days, or a week's walk. For our first point today, let us examine first, number one, the reaction of Mary. And we can find that in verse 28 where the angel said and he came to her and said greetings o favored one the lord is with you now on a personal level uh, this is a difficult scenario between mary and joseph imagine they are ordinary people like you and me they're about to get married now joseph is an ordinary carpenter and mary is a village girl God intruded into their lives, and now Mary will now be pregnant. She couldn't quite grasp it. She was troubled. Now, let us just take a look at the notions of trouble, our notions, our human notions of trouble. First, God understands that our initial reaction to his move in our lives could be that of flight or fright. The angel's pronouncement of blessing wasn't received well by Mary. Now, the limitation of human beings is that our grasp of reality is actually very limited. We view blessing always in the form of pleasure. We always see reality in pink rosy glass. Our reality is limited to our flesh, our desires, or our Human perceptions. Our reactions whenever God moves into our life is always human centric. We do not see the reality of God in our lives. We often view ourselves as the center. Of the universe and therefore we fail to understand God's plan in our lives. We always say we are the most important one. So when God tries to move into our lives, we often fail to see what he is doing. But despite that reaction of confusion of Mary, God understands her. God understands our confusion whenever he moves into our lives. Perhaps I could ask you, what are those moments where you can think of where God, you, where, where you think God has moved into your life? And perhaps at that moment, you are not so sure. You were probably perplexed or disturbed or confused by the, God's move into your life. And that is understandable. God understands that, that confusion, that initial reaction. God understands it. Now here, God appeared to have disturbed the life of these two innocent individuals, these two innocent village boy and a village girl. But since that they do not see the greater reality of God, they may not have realized earlier at this point At this moment, the eternal value of their participation, the eternal value of their obedience to the greater plan of God to humankind. So when we see and abandon our own human-centric emotion and and we abandon our egocentric values, we see others. We see God. God will make it visible for us. His greater plan in our lives. So while God understands your reactions of flight or fright or anguish or confusion, remember not to stay there. Because after Mary's initial reactions, her response became very different. So God understands our reaction to his move in our lives. But we, again, we ought not to stay there. And so we move to number two. What was Mary's response to this announcement of great blessing to her? The first response of Mary is that of a question. Her question, some people say, is very irreverent. But I find it natural, if you ask me, because the response of Mary is very human. Imagine someone telling you that you are pregnant, and you will not get pregnant by human means, by some other means. You would probably ask, and it's natural of you to ask, why? How will that happen? I think this is a process of Mary, the the process of probing question. The process of asking questions is actually her process of discerning God's will. We should ask questions, and by asking, we must ask to discern. So it is not just asking any question, it is asking the right question. Because whenever we ask questions, we need to discern. In fact, I say that because in 29... It says here, but she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. So we could get a glimpse of what's happening in the mind of Mary. Her response was that first of a question, but actually she's asking question to be able to discern what the angel of the Lord or what God is telling her to do, because it says it, she is trying to discern, He's trying. she's trying to decipher what sort of greeting this might be. So, in the process of discerning, questioning, probing, we find the answers to our question. You know, God does not all the time discourage questions. God does not need a blind follower. God needs us to participate in His call and to be actively involved in His plan in the world and in our lives. He wants you to ask questions. He wants you to probe, to probe Him. Now, you have two ways of looking at it. We ask questions because we mistrust God. And we say, I ask you this, why you're doing this to me? Because why why are you doing this to me? I don't quite get it. You might probably don't know what you're doing. So we ask God questions because we mistrust him. Or you could ask God like Mary because you want to discern what God wants you to do. And in asking questions, I believe Mary was able to find her answer. And more importantly, when we see the response of Mary, the response of Mary in the last verse is actually that of surrender we read in the last verse in verse 38 it says i am the servant of the lord let it be to me according to your word isn't those words aren't those words act and words of surrender? She may not understand it fully because when the angel revealed to her that she will have a son and she will uh, bore a son and she, and she would uh, carry her and she would be pregnant because of the power of the Holy Spirit, she may not be able at that moment grasp it fully. She may not be able to understand it in the fullest sense of what was revealed to her. But she was able to surrender. What's important to her is that she knows the purposes of God in her life. Her response was that of surrender. You know, when you open the Scriptures, it will provide you with the wisdom that you need to be able to respond to God's will. You know, God's will to your life is not a rocket science. It has already been revealed to us here. Now, of course, it will not give you step-by-step process to every mundane or every decision that you will make in your life or the specifics that you need to do uh, with your life. The Bible may not be able to give that to you. But the principles in this holy book, the principles, the wisdom in in the scriptures, the morals to anchor your decisions are provided here so that you may be able to discern God's will for your life your response like Mary should that be of surrender we should surrender to the sovereign will of god so first while our reactions are understandable and our reactions may that be of confusion trouble or distraught our response to god eventually should that be of surrender surrender to god's will our life Our reactions, our response should always be that of surrender. And that would lead us to number three, the realization of Mary. Now, the realization of Mary was expressed in the form of Magnificat. And we can find that in verses 47 to 56 of uh, chapter 1. Uh, Luke chapter 1, the realization is expressed in the form of praise and adoration. When Mary realized what's happening to her, she did not complain. Perhaps she still doesn't understand what it means to be pregnant. It will be her first time to get pregnant. But instead of her probably still thinking about it, look and examine her realization. Her expression of her reality is that of praise, adoration to her God. When we read uh, the Magnificat, it says here, My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me and his holy name. Look at how Mary responded to it, and that her realization was expressed in praise, in glorifying her God. Now, when we look at this realization, like Mary, there's a problem again with the way we realize things. We always see the sovereignty of God as something that is against us, because our realization— The sovereignty of God is marred by our own definition of cause and effect, our realities based on our experiences, shaped by our fears or our own expectations or our actual situations or the things that we can only perceive. Our um, realization are always confined on those things. But many times we see the sovereignty of God against us. We see that the hand of God would be somehow not be in on our favor. We see the sovereignty of God as his tool to destroy us at times. We often say that, well, if God already ordained this, or if he sovereignly decreed these things, what is there for me to do? We often fall into the trap of fatalism. We see a tyrant God. Since he is sovereign, he would do whatever he wants to do. God will do whatever he wants to do. And that is correct. But to see the sovereignty of God as whimsical or capricious or that he is a power-hungry God willing to whip us all or he could be a cosmic governor sitting and waiting for us to be caught uh, right-handed In Psalms 18, verse 30, it says, The ways of the Lord are just. We can trust that God's mighty hand could never be unjust. And hence, His sovereignty could never be unjust. And when we look into the life of Mary and the life of Joseph, we see that at first, while it may appear that God disturbed their quiet lives, God's intention was not to harm them. God's intention was actually to save them. So God's mighty hand, His sovereignty, could never be unjust. We say that God is good and His purposes are always good. We could always trust that in the grand scheme of things, His purposes are for us. And He is eternally gracious. He is eternally merciful. And therefore, we could trust Him. We could put our lives to Him. We could fully surrender our everything to Him. So Mary's realization in the Magnificat was this. And she was able to manifest and express this very beautifully. Her realization was expressed that God is gracious God is great, God is merciful, God is powerful, He is omnipotent, He is gracious and kind, He restores, He saves. And that leads us to number four, the reward of Mary. You know, Mary's reward was her Savior, the reward of her surrender is to see her own lowly estate as being revealed to us here in verse um, 48 of The Magnificat. It says here in chapter 1, verse 48, For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. So the reward of her surrender is to see her own sinfulness, her own lowly estate, And from there, she would be able to say, I rejoice in God, my Savior. I couldn't say that her reward is that of salvation because salvation is a free gift to her. But her obedience, her surrender, her realization brings brings her into this truth. She found favor in the eyes of God. She is the one being called blessed. And her reward is to see her lowly estate. And therefore, seeing her sinfulness, she said, I will be saved by my God. She had seen her king. She had seen her prince of peace and her Savior. And I would just like to bring you back to the points that I have mentioned. That while Mary's reaction was that of confusion, but her response was that of surrender. Her realization was that of adoration, and her reward was to know her Savior. And I will ask you this, can you see the gospel in this story? Can you see the gospel in the seemingly tragic life of Mary suddenly being found pregnant, not by your husband or your fiancé? Can you see the gospel in this story? I started with the word tragedy because here, Tragedies, actually, in the face of an almighty sovereign God is no tragedy. I would say tragedy doesn't exist in the reality of God because of God's sovereignty. And that's why I said earlier you can trust Him because in God there will be no surprises. With God there will be no accident. Everything and anything in this world are actually planned by God because He controls everything. When Satan thought that He was able to destroy God's wonderful creation in the Garden of Eden, He was wrong. Satan thought He could destroy everything, but He didn't realize that He is not omnipotent, He isn't omniscient, He isn't omnipresent, He isn't sovereign. God's sovereignty worked for the redemption of his people and for for the eternal truth and for the eternal good to triumph. It was God's sovereignty that planned everything again for our redemption. The tragedy of Eden caused by sin was turned into triumph in Calvary by Jesus you know my dear brothers and sisters sin is actually human's greatest tragedy that is the tragedy of mary that is our tragedy that is human's greatest problem this is your problem and my problem all of us wanted to rebel against this holy god our initial reaction to god's love and mercy was that of that re- was that a rebellion instead of responding to his love and invitation we constantly reject Him, and we blame God for every evil realization that we have. We always blame heavens for all the bad things that happen to us. Now, let us turn the table now. Like Mary, as we realize that our greatest tragedy is sin, but you know God in His justice and holiness, who ought to have punished us because we have sinned, You know what God did? Was that He turned this punishment and responded to us in love and pardon? He responded to us and sent His Son Jesus so that all who believe in Him should not perish but have eternal life. God did not stop at punishment, He brought us pardon and a heavenly gift of eternal reality, of life and eternity. He actually invites us to come to Him, all of us who are weary and heavily laden, and He will give us rest. Not just rest to our tired and weary bodies, but actually rest also to our spiritual strivings. Like Mary, how would you react to this proclamation of blessing this god's invitation to you to have eternal life god knocks at our door the doors of our hearts will you respond like mary how did how did mary respond to god mary responded with an act of surrender and that's how we should respond to this announcement of blessing and proclamation to us we should respond to this gospel call with surrender. You may know Jesus, and I will not deny that. You, may, you might know him, historical Jesus, or the Jesus that was portrayed by your religious belief or your religious or faith tradition. But let me ask you, do you know him personally? Have you really experienced him? Have you really surrendered your life to him? Have you really been transformed by His gospel of grace and love? Have you had this realization, like Mary, to see that your God saves, that this God loves you, and that He sees you? And for you to realize that Jesus died on the cross for your sins so that you may have eternal life, He wants you to surrender your life to Him, your sin, your shame, your sickness, your pain. Now, God didn't promise blessings alone, healing alone, although He may do that. But this is what He promised. He will be with you. He promised Himself that wherever He will be, you will be also. Can you respond like Mary? Can you respond with an act of surrender? believing in what God has done for your life, believing that He has given you and He will give you life if you will put your faith and trust in Him, if you believe what He has done on the cross for you and that you believe in His resurrection to give you life. And if, like Mary, we will surrender our life to Jesus, we would realize what he has done for us and we would realize that our greatest reward is to have an eternity with jesus and with him forever a new life a new place like no other a place where there will be no sin no pain no evil a place where you can be with your god a place of eternal bliss and pleasure in him A glory that awaits mortals like you and me into immortality. At this juncture, I want to invite you today to give your life to Christ. To surrender your life to Him. Your reaction to God might be of confusion. Or perhaps anger. Or a cry of desperation. But may your response to God now may be like Mary of surrender and for you to realize and believe that Christ died for your sins, that he wants to give you an eternal life. He's offering that to you. It's a proclamation of life, of blessing, like what the angel told Mary, that you have found favor in God's sight and He's inviting you to respond to Him with surrender. Surrender everything to Jesus Christ. He's knocking at the door of your heart right now. Surrender everything to Him. And at this juncture, I want to invite you to pray with me and to express that faith in Jesus Christ that if you would confess and believe in His name that He died for your sin, that He rose again to give you life, you will be saved. May I invite you to open your hearts to Jesus and surrender everything to Him. Let this prayer be your prayer. Let us pray. Jesus, I come to you today, recognizing that I am a sinner before you, my holy God. I know I have sinned against you, rejected you, and ignored you in my life. Today, Lord, I have heard of your gospel, your message, that instead of meeting punishment for my sins, you have pardoned me. I believe and confess that you have died on the cross for my sins and have paid my every debt on Calvary. I believe that you rose again from the grave to give me an eternal life. Today, my Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I confess my sins and humbly ask for your forgiveness. And I know that through your sacrifice, I am forgiven. I open my life, my heart, and my soul, and accept you as my Savior, my Lord, and my God. I know that my salvation belongs to you, and I thank you for saving my soul. Lead me, Lord. From now till eternity, may your Holy Spirit empower me to obey you and follow you. I thank you for the grace and for the faith you have given me to believe in you, my rock and my Redeemer. Amen. My dear brothers and sisters, if you have surrendered your life to Jesus, um, let us know. We hope we could be part of your faith journey with Jesus. So call us and contact us. So we would like to share with you on the things that you need to know so that your journey with Jesus Christ, will that be of a journey of faith and surrender. So before I go, let me just give you again um this summary of what happened to Mary, like all of us, and as probably reflects um, our life here on earth, every time we see God sovereignly move, uh, moves into our lives, we always react with that of confusion. Our response may not be that of surrender, but unlike Mary, she surrendered her life to Jesus. And with that, our realization should that be of adoration and praise to the Lord, and eventually our reward was to know our Savior. God loves you, my dear ones. May the peace of God be with you always, and may His divine protection be with you and your family. Let us close in prayer. Father, we thank you for today that you have gathered us, albeit virtually. Thank you, Lord, that you have opened your word to us and that we are able to see who you are and your glorious gospel through the pages of your holy scriptures. Father, today I pray that you will encourage your people. You will be with them in these situations lord although our reactions may that be of confusion lord always teach us to respond with faith and with surrender and lord may our realization be that of praise and glory to your name and father we thank you because our great reward is an other than you thank you lord for this day be with your people today and we know that when you come back, that when you return, you will be with us forever. Thank you, Father. All this we ask in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Let us receive uh, God's blessing and benediction. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to make you stand in his presence blameless and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, to Jesus Christ, our Lord, be all glory and the majesty, dominion and authority, both now and forever. Amen. Amen.